Welcome to the Colorado A-List. We're building a thriving business community based on generous leadership and authentic connections. I'm your host, Matt Brower, and today's episode is brought to you by Column Commercial Partners. Column Commercial Partners is a Colorado-based real estate company exclusively advocating for the tenant and buyer side of the table. If your company has real estate needs coming up, you can find them at www.columncommercial.com. Today's guest is a rock star entrepreneur that's making big waves in the Denver business community. Originally from St. Louis, where she opened her first location for her company, she moved to Denver about a year ago uh, to open her second location of Rise Collaborative. I cannot believe how fast (laughs) she has moved uh, to open this uh, facility, which is where we're sitting right now. Uh, Rise Collaborative is changing the way women do business. I'll let her talk a little more about that. On top of that, she's an author and a speaker. Thank you for being on the show, Stacey Taubman. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. It's a little embarrassing when people read your bios, but (laughs) (laughs) it should be fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, you're up to a lot, and uh, it's inspiring to see how how much you have going on and how you're making it all work. Yeah, well, I don't sit still well, so (laughs) that explains a lot. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm trying to remember where we first met... So I was starting to come to Denver. February 2018 was the first time I ever set foot in Colorado. I'd never been to Colorado my entire life. I thought it was just the mountains everywhere. It was freezing, you know, yeah. and now I realize they have fabulous weather. Um, and so I started coming every couple weeks. And in like March or April, I went to an EO event. EO and events. we actually sat we at sat the same table. Yes. That's right. I was so nervous. I was like, who am I going to talk to? And there was a smiley, <laughs> nice man sitting across from me. And so you made the event very, very enjoyable. Oh, that's right. Yes. And there was a, somebody speaking on market. Yeah, it was How to Never Lose a Customer. It's a great book. Yes. Wow, you have a good memory. (laughs) It's the teacher in me. You know, I used to be a high school math teacher, and you know your students, and you know the details of their lives, and you know what's going on. So that's how I roll, I guess. That's great. And uh, since then, we've gotten to know each other uh, uh, quite a bit better. We're at the same gym now. Because of you, I found Awakened Gym, and I love it. Oh, my God. Body weight training, (laughs) gymnastics strength training. It's so fun. And on Instagram, as you saw, I almost fell on my face, trying to pretend like I'm still a gymnast. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very humbling place to work out. It is. Yeah. Um, So I want to, maybe let's jump into, uh, I kind of want to hear about your past, but what I'm specifically interested in right now is like, where did you, uh, Rise Collaborative, for those that don't know, is a place for, um, you know, it's a co-working space specific to uh, uh, female entrepreneurs. Yeah. Well, be careful. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. fix you on that yeah. one. You know, co-working does tend to be for entrepreneurs and people often say co-working and we have that aspect, but my whole why goes back to being a high school math teacher, which I know sounds kind of weird, but I left teaching to start a tutoring coaching company for high school girls, and that's really what fuels everything I do. I have a passion for helping high school girls achieve their dreams, as hokey as that may sound to some of you all. But um, So my why is still that. So I want a young woman to say, I want to be X, and I need X in my community. And so when you think of high school girls, some of them may aspire to be entrepreneurs, but there's many other fields and many other professions out there and so our community is not a community of just entrepreneurs. We say professional women because okay. we have everything from startup to CEO of a $500 million company. 
Wow. And everything as in between. As current members here. As current members between St. Louis and Denver. Yeah, that's great. And it's as young as 24 and as old as 78. And so it's really, when your goal is to inspire young women to dream and achieve big, you're going to have to attract women from all walks of life. Right. So my demographics make me sound like I'm everything to everyone, which in business is not wise. <laughs> but my psychographics are much better. It's ambitious women who are striving, who believe in giving back to the next generation. Yeah, all that fun stuff. Incredible, incredible. And I know you have a lot of events uh, that you put on here. We do. Once a teacher, always a teacher. Mm -hmm. And so this idea of curriculum and really thinking through how to help people to learn and grow. And so we actually have themes every month for our members. And we have programming every week led by members for members. What so, kind of themes? Well, if you're on, over here on our lovely uh, placard, you'll see that um, this oh, month okay. is uh, BizDev and Sales. You know, I feel like back to school time in August, you're ready to get back focused in business. Whereas like in July, we talked about creativity and innovation. So a little bit different topic because yeah. it's summer, we can explore and have fun. Whereas August is back to school time to get focused, biz dev and sales. And September wow. is all about productivity and time management. So really thinking about what is a professional woman experiencing, no matter what her you know, what industry she's in, whether she is an entrepreneur or she's in corporate or maybe she's a um, remote workforce. You know, there's lots of different right. types of women who are attracted to our curriculum. And I, my business partner actually said I need to stop calling it curriculum. <laughs> That's the math teacher. <laughs> because, because people are going to be like they're back in school. So stop using that language. But a lot of people are attracted to our programming. Yeah. More well, so. I mean, it's incredible because, uh, yes, you are a place for people to come and run their business out mm -hmm. of or, or work from. Right. But you're adding uh, another layer of, mm -hmm. of value, basically, from Absolutely. any other co-working space that I'm aware of. In, in yeah, and when I first opened, for me, it was all about the workspace. I needed a place to work. I was sick of the coffee shops. I was sick of working from home. So for me, it was about the workspace. And I assumed it would be the same for the other women. Yeah. I have 300 members in St. Louis. We have 6,000 square feet, and we're nowhere near capacity. And the reason for that is it's not always about the workspace for my community. Yeah. You know, half my community is what's called social members, which only get one day a month of the actual workspace. They're joining because of all the programming and the family and the community and, and making a difference in a young woman's life. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So that's what we're doing here in Denver, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you, uh, so when was the official open date here? April 2019. April 17th was our grand opening party. Uh, and yeah, here we are in what, the end of August? Yeah. We have 150 members and all our offices are sold out. Oh my so I can, I can finally sleep, right? <laughs> and what I don't want to step over is that you first stepped foot in Denver February of 2018. Isn't that kind of wild? And uh, one year and two months later, you have 150 members. You're opening. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and if it was up to me, it'd be 300. But you know, I need to learn to simmer down. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> what uh, What is your favorite part of mm -hmm. operating a business like this and kind of building a community like yeah. this? Yeah. You know, my favorite part is the people side of it. I love getting to meet all these amazing, kind of like what you, you and I were talking about a minute ago about doing a podcast, right? Like getting to meet these really inspiring people doing incredible things, yeah. hearing their story, um, and then helping to connect them to other people and, um, you know, make collaborations, play hostess, all that fun right, stuff. Right. It's, so it's the change. It's the teacher. It's like, trying to change someone's life and make an impact in their life. That's my favorite part. Yeah. So you're, uh, so are you based in Denver now? That's a really tough question. I get asked a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the day we signed a lease for this building, which was September 10th, 2018, um, I signed a lease for an apartment here in Denver. Okay. And so depending on what's going on in St. Louis and what's going on in Denver, I spend a lot of my time here, but I also still 
have you an have apartment to, yeah, back you're running, home. Running that business as well. Yeah, I'm. You know, I not having a background in business, this whole scaling and growing has been such a huge learning curve for mm-hmm. me. And it's, you know, from January to April, I was in Denver a ton and had my eye off of St. Louis. Okay. You know, they, they compare starting a business to having kids. I don't have kids, but you know, it really is like having kids. I had my second baby and I'd been ignoring my first baby for a really <laughs> long time. And that baby was not so thrilled about that. Right. And you know, you start to see how that had an impact. And so I had to go home and clean up some mess. Yep. And give it a little more attention. Give it more love yeah. and attention. Yeah. And so I've done that and righted the ship. And so just trying to learn how do you keep both places. If I'm the one, I was the one really driving things. Right. Um, how do you keep things going when you're not there? Mm-hmm. It has been a big opportunity for growth. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, Actually, it's a top, that what you're touching on is a topic of a lot of mm-hmm. these podcasts that we've recorded. A lot of I believe it. Are, uh, at varying levels of kind of figuring out what works for them. And one thing I've, the themes are building a rock star team. Right. And then, and then trust has a lot to do with it. If you build a rock star team that you yeah. trust. Uh, a lot and, I, of, and I'm always working on that myself. Right. Well, so. I think a lot of founders have what I call founder's disease, yeah. right? It's yeah. like, it's our baby. You know, there's a lot of, con- I am a kind of a control freak, you know, <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's hard to kind of give up some of that control. And mm-hmm. what makes me successful as a CEO isn't always what makes you successful in hiring and training staff. Like the ops side of my business is the hardest side of my business, right? right? So, um, yeah, so it's been a lot of fun growing. That's great, yeah. <laughs> well, appreciate your uh, kind of sharing the story of Rise Collaborative. Yeah, and how to, absolutely. It's um, been a wild ride. Jump a little f- farther back, Absolutely. Like talk to us about your past and what were you, sounds like you were a math teacher for a yeah, while. Yeah, so I'm a big math nerd at heart. Yeah. I have a degree in math and math education. I can remember sitting in math in college and thinking I either want to be a CEO of some company or I want to go be a principal of a high school. I mean, I don't know where I came up with this stuff, sitting yeah. as a 20-year-old in my math class being ADD, because yeah. I didn't even know that CEO stood for chief executive officer. Right. I just knew it meant boss. Okay. So you can kind of see <laughs> a theme here, embarrassingly enough. Um, so it made sense that I started down the path of the career that I actually knew what it meant. Um, so I started as a high school math teacher and pursued my master's in administration right out of college mm. and interned as a principal at 24. Oh, wow. I don't know what you were like as a 24-year-old. <laughs> I was trying to figure my way through life. I yeah. I mean, like, you barely know how to be an adult, right? <laughs> right? So imagine trying to be a principal and disciplining 17 and 18-year-olds. Oh, my goodness. And then also imagine trying to tell 50-year-olds how to be a good teacher when you yourself have only taught for two years. So that was a little obnoxious on my end. <laughs> this blind ambition, I guess, was in me from day one. Um, so I didn't love that job. Mm. So I went back and got a second master's in school administration. Oh, I'm sorry, school counseling. It's been a day. Oh, okay. I thought, I want to be the good guy. You know, like, I don't want to be disciplining these high schoolers. I want to talk about life and help them figure out who they are and what they want to be when they grow up. Yeah. It sounded like a much better job. That master's took me much longer and much more money. You can see where this is going, considering we're sitting here talking about Rice Collaborative. <laughs> um, at 33, I finished that master's intern, and I was like, oh, my goodness, I just did it again. I'm now highly educated, so to speak, um, with two undergraduate degrees and two masters, and I'm floundering in life. Like, what do I want to be when I grow up? Yeah. Um, And life has a funny way of sending you loud messages. Sometimes they're good ones, not sometimes they're not. A young woman at my school died by suicide that that year. Mm. And for me, that was just a tipping point. You know, I was just like, enough's enough. High school is no fun for a lot of kids, both boys and girls. (laughs) I'm just not going to mess with the boy problems. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
And so uh, January 2013, I started a tutoring coaching company for high school girls. I was still teaching full time, but thought, you know what? These girls are all sitting around me and I need to figure out how I can support them on their journey. Right. Is this uh, also part of the time that you were the counselor as well? I was or still just... interning as a counselor. Okay. I was, um, but Beautiful. I was a horrible math teacher that year because I would stand up and teach math, you know, for like 20 minutes and then I'd sit down and I'd have my target market <laughs> right in yeah, front of me right. and asking them, you know, what, what do you need? What can I create? How yeah. can I help you? I had the idea in January 2013, my first dollar I made was like January 26th, let's say, um, taking, booking a trip for five young women over to Bali. Oh my goodness. For service, sightseeing, and nightly seminars. Yeah. Because I was like, what helped me to dream and achieve big and travel? So I was just throwing spaghetti at the wall, and if, if the students bit, I had a business. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like, uh, would you say that is the, that event, uh, mm -hmm. that suicide, and kind of what you created after that, out of that, was the catalyst for you, this journey that you're yeah, going on? Yeah, I would say a couple things. So, And it's weird timing in life. And at the time, I didn't think I realized it. It's more about looking backwards. It's that Steve Jobs quote, something like, you can't connect the dots forward. I'm probably butchering this quote. Uh, it's about connecting the dots backwards. Right. That's what it's been. So July 4th um, is when she died. And then like the end of the end of that month, I met a gentleman who started a company when he was 26. At 31, his company had $40 million in revenue. Whoa. Nice. I had never met people like this in my mm -hmm. life. I grew up very lower middle class. My dad was like a middle manager at some corporate company. My mom was a teacher and secretary. Like those people were yeah. so different. And I thought so much smarter than me. And when I realized this guy who's lovely, but no smarter than me, I might even be a little smarter than him. Right? If he can have a company for 40 million, I think I can do something too. Right. So those two things you know, happening so back to back. And then, of course, Sheryl uh, Sandberg's TED Talk came out, that lean-in TED Talk. Now, I know her message is flawed, and I know not everyone loves it. But for me, that TED Talk was a really pivotal point. Um, she was the first one I felt like really starting this conversation about leaning in, you know, going after things, and trying to change the conversation for women. Interesting. So, yeah, I'm so, not sure if I've seen that. Yeah, you'll have to actually, see it. She has a book yeah. called Lean In. And okay. what was interesting is, so she does this TED Talk. It goes viral, really starts a conversation. And then she launches her book and then a, a website. And I, I had the good fortune of being featured on her website. And for like a day, maybe two if I was lucky, my face was on her website next to uh, Oprah. Oh, my goodness. And Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> and I can remember <laughs> like losing my mind about the Oprah, you know, like anywhere near being Oprah. And I showed it to my students because I was still teaching. And they could care less about Oprah. They were freaking out about Ryan, Ryan Seacrest. Seacrest. And I was right. like, seriously? I don't think it's still up like that. I mean, it really was probably a couple of days. It's just timing wise. Right. Um, so was she featuring your book or your... She was featuring my... Her, her website was featuring people really leaning in. This idea of women okay. taking control of their life and going after their dreams and doing big things, so to speak. Wow. I'm probably butchering you know, all that she uh, was doing. And in the women's space, lean in... Um, lands very differently for many people. And, mm. I, and at the end of the day, yes, there's some critiques to what she was saying, but regardless, um, she started a conversation that we weren't having. And so I think it was really important what she did. Yeah, that's great. And um, amazing that you were featured on her. <laughs> it's all about timing platform. and dumb luck, right? Yeah. <laughs> when did that speech come out? Um, I don't... Or when did I she would, give that TED I can talk? say that I saw her TED Talk October of 2013. 
no, the suicide was 2012, October 2012. So it was like these, okay. right you know, after. suicide, meeting this entrepreneur, watching her TED Talk and Brene Brown. That was when Brene Brown's TED Talk that went viral went out too. Yep. Um, Power of vulnerability. Yes, yeah. I'm a huge Brene Brown fan. Yeah. And so, you know, I watched her TED Talk and Sheryl Sandberg's back to back. So those three great. things happening, you know, the TED Talks, the suicide and the entrepreneur really set my life on this whole different path that I never would have predicted to you. When I told my parents I was going to leave teaching to be an entrepreneur, they thought I lost my mind. Mm -hmm. They are not the, they're like, you're going to try to make a living doing what? That's not the world they live in. That is not the world they live in. You know, they often say our entrepreneurs born or made. If it's made, I was definitely not made. (laughs) (laughs) I, this is just something in me from day one. My mom and I used to go to lunch every Saturday. I can't do that while I'm in Denver. Mm. And at Nordstrom's Bistro and me sitting there and finally one day I had to say like, mom, I just, I need your support. This is the first time in my life you have, you've always been my cheerleader. You've always been my champion. And for some reason you're not right now. And she is sitting there bawling. It was so embarrassing for her. Um, But, (laughs) (laughs) but it was just that it stirred up so much fear in her. And it's such this like unknown that she couldn't wrap her head around it. And I, and she's like, I just, I just don't know if I could do it authentically. And I was like, I don't care then just fake it. At this point, I don't (laughs) care. Yeah. I, I get that you're support. scared. I just need your support. And even if it's not sincere, totally fine by me. Mm. And that was a big tipping point that, that finally was freeing her up to do that. And now she is my biggest cheerleader. And it's a little embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> has she made it out to Denver yet? Oh, she has. She has. Uh, not too long ago. Oh, yep. great. Yep. So it's been a, a fun ride. Oh, man. That's a great... Uh background and that's that's your why. You're yeah, well, I always much. say you need to be very clear in your why, but you need to be flexible in your how and your what. Okay, right? Yeah. Like my why has not changed trying to change young women's lives. That has not changed. But, you know, first it was through a tutoring coaching company. Then it's through, you know, opening this female focused co-working or er, tutoring coaching company, female focused co-working space, and my next venture. Mm. Is going to be starting a real estate company. You know, my how and my what are all changing, but my why, there's a common thread throughout it all, trying to create a pipeline for success for young women. Do you want to talk any more about the real estate? I'm happy to. Yeah. So, how is that? Speaking to a real estate guy. Yeah. How is (laughs) that? You're like, tell me more. (laughs) I guess, how is that going to be female focused? Yeah. So, here's the thing. so Rice Collaborative, you know, we lease space. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had 6,000 square feet in my first space. Here in Denver, we're at 11,000 square feet. You know, and this experience has brought awareness that real estate often is not owned by women or minorities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when women and minorities don't have the the power, so to speak, we don't have, it's it's not as accessible to us. Right. And there's a lot of bumps along the way. And I've experienced some of those bumps more recently. And so, you know, we got to change the conversation. And how do I change that conversation? I change that conversation by raising capital with women and minorities and we buy the buildings and it's our buildings and we treat people right. (laughs) And so I would like my third location to own the building through a separate real estate company and I would like Rice Collaborative to be an anchor tenant. And then I would like to help develop out all the other parts of the real estate. And, yeah. and I would love to see it, make it more accessible to women and minorities. I, and I so love it. It's still creating that pipeline for success. We're grabbing high school girls through our um, nonprofit. And then we're supporting women on their journey, no matter where they are on that journey. You know, whether it's needing workspace in a co-working space, whether it's needing space by opening up your first cafe or right. retail shop or whatever it is, either way, we're connecting the dots mm-hmm. and being a support for women. 
so that I don't forget to ask. Yes. And since it's fresh right now, yeah. if anyone wants to reach you Ooh, to either question. offer capital or <laughs> I don't hate that. <laughs> want to uh, inquire about membership at Rise yeah. Collaborative or anything, uh, you know, if they're up to something really cool and they want yeah, absolutely. to collaborate, how do they reach you? Uh, the best way is to follow me on uh, social media. LinkedIn, I, I'm on LinkedIn all the time, Stacey Tobman, um, or on our channels through Instagram or Facebook, Rise Collaborative Workspace, or they can go to our website, riseworkspace.com. Perfect. Okay. Yes. Yes. So what keeps you busy outside of, uh, outside of work? You know, it's funny you should ask that. Um, when my husband and I started dating a couple years ago, his friends were like, tell me about, tell me about your girlfriend, you know, what she's like, what are her hobbies? And he's like, work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love what I do and I, it fills up a lot of my time. But when I finally am trying to take a break, if I can, I like to read, I like to travel. I like to watch a lot of Netflix. Mm, I'm a yeah. little bit of a binge watcher. And now I like to go to Awaken Gym oh, man. and try to work out. I hadn't worked out in like three to five years. So you, uh, in the past, you've done gymnastics. I was a competitive gymnast growing up. Okay. And that's the same thing. It's like I'm either on or off. When I was a competitive gymnast, I mean, I wanted to be in that gym every day as yeah. long as possible. And it was, I actually talk about it in my second book about how... You know, I, I grew up very, it, my childhood was challenging. I uh, didn't start speaking till kindergarten. When I did finally start speaking, I had this really bad speech impediment. Where I couldn't say my R's or my S's. Uh-huh. So like academically, I was delayed. Physically, I was delayed. I was like teeny tiny, blah, 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 all the things. You were just barely getting by. I was just barely getting like. by. And so <laughs> it was, and I was bullied and all those, you know, sad stories. Um, it wasn't until I stepped foot into a gym that I finally felt this sense of, oh, this is home. This is where I belong. And this is where, you know, being around all these different people from all different walks of life and us all working on, you know, in some ways a common goal, but in our, on our own paths that mm-hmm. I finally found myself and felt a sense of confidence. And I really think that gymnastics is the reason I'm successful today. And since then, I've been craving that feeling of that, commu- you know, having those people that are all striving around you and are all ambitious and working hard, yeah. yet you're working hard on your own skills. But when you're there, you can kind of let down your guard and, and not worry about all the silliness that, you know, is happening back at school. Like That's a really uh, impactful feeling. And mm, so I really wow. think sometimes that's why I created what I created. Um, because I basically still wanted that feeling as an adult, like being able to walk into a place and feel at home and feel confident to take on the world. Yeah. And it's clear too, when, uh, when you're in the gym, yeah, how you operate, I think is yeah. uh, at, at a, you're co- like, it's clear that you're like committed <laughs> to achieving certain, you know, yes, I, I only have two skills, yes. certain skills. Yes. Yeah, and so it's just interesting. It's, yeah. it's fun to watch. Like yeah. you're, you've done this before. You know how this works. How hard you you have to work the body and things like that to be able to achieve certain skills. Yeah, and, and I'm sure that translates to just about everything you do in life. It, so. One of the instructors at the gym. Um, I was there on Saturday when I was doing that tumbling. He's like, "How many cups of coffee did you have?" <laughs> <laughs> like, can you take a breath? Can you slow down? And I was like, "A half a cup, sadly." <laughs> I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just wired a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. I only have two speeds, on or off. Wow. Yeah. So speaking of coffee, do you have a morning routine that you stick to? 
I mean, ish. Um, I don't believe in waking up to an alarm. I hate when I have to wake up to an alarm. You know, my first uh, 12 years in the professional world, I had to be at school at seven, mm. being a teacher. You know, I felt like I graduated high school at 33, because yeah. think about it, I went high school, college, high school, yeah. and you live by the bells, you know? You eat at a bell, you leave at a bell, and so <laughs> leaving education, I'm like, screw it, I'm done. And so um, I love the idea of just waking up when I wake up, but my lovely dog makes sure to get me up. Probably <laughs> by, five. Oh, I hate him some mornings. Um, I'd probably take him out around seven on a good day. On a bad day, it's five. Um, I usually start by reading the news. You know, on my phone, I get email blasts from all different, you know, that was one of the things that helped me with Denver is I started subscribing to all these different publications. And so I start the day, what's happening in Denver, you know? Um, And then I get up and get ready and get to work. Yeah. That's great. And I actually do not have my first cup of coffee until I'm here. And most days I only get through a half a cup. Wow. People assume I I'm need, drinking uh, like 10. Yeah. I try to stick to two in the morning, but I definitely yes. need one within the first yeah. 30 minutes of... Totally. I, I'm I, trying to push it to an hour, <laughs> but before the cloud starts to roll into my brain, and it's I hard to come you. back from that. I know. Hey, I feel you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's mornings are interesting, but I wake up and I'm ready to go. As cool. Obviously, you could probably pick up on. Um, <laughs> excuse me. So... Um, I want to end this by just uh, asking you some rapid-fire oh, questions. Oh, I love these. You already these. touched on one. <laughs> Sarcasm. Uh, just so we can get to know you uh, deeper on a personal level. Okay. What are your favorite news sources? Uh, uh, business Journal. I really like both St. Louis and Denver, Denver. Business. Yeah, St. Louis. Uh, I really believe our success was tied to the Business Journal. Um, they were wonderfully kind to us, and same with Denver. So That's I great. love their publication. Awesome. Uh, do you have a favorite technology that you use all the time? Sadly, my phone is connected to my hand at all times. <laughs> it's embarrassing, but true. Okay. Yeah. Um, who are, if uh, if you can think of any, who are your heroes or, or maybe one? Oh, I mean, Oprah, I've already mentioned. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Love me some Oprah. I do love Sheryl Sandberg um, and uh, the gal who started Spanx, but of course my brain is not working right now. Her name. Um, yeah. Or her, yeah. I cannot remember her name. I've obviously what, not had enough coffee right now. But yeah, the founder of Spanx is amazing. <laughs> What's, uh, so you said Oprah the first. Oh, absolutely. Uh, are, I grew up raising. characteristics? Yeah. You, you know, she, gosh, I grew up uh, watching her and my mom's dream was to get on, you know, be able to be in the, in the audience. And so I'd always be calling, trying to get her on there. You know, Oprah is one of those people that's inspiring and relatable and strong and um, really cares about people. I don't know. I cool. just. I think she's fabulous. That's great. <laughs> and then I will uh, cap it off by asking, uh, what do you have a favorite quote? Yes. So here at Rise, we live by the quote, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with oh, by Jim Rohn. And I really believe it. I think who you surround yourself with shapes your reality of what's possible. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love right? it. Right? That's great. Well, uh, appreciate you being on the show. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, Basically, the vision that we're creating here is uh, a thriving business community based in generous leadership. Oh, I like that. And authentic connections. Yeah. So thank you for your generous leadership today. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. <laughs>